Want to have your very own free-range egg farming business? Welcome to Green Grass Egg Farming Podcast with Daniel O'Brien, the show dedicated to giving you the latest tips, ideas and interviews to help you produce the best-tasting free-range eggs and sell your eggs for the highest price. And here's your host, Daniel O'Brien. Daniel O'Brien here. Welcome back to GreengrassEggFarming.com. My special guest today is Shane Ellis from Gippsland Free Range. Welcome. Hi, Daniel. Thank you very much. Oh, well, it's good to have you on, Shane. And today we're going to be talking about electric chicken fencing, uh, temporary fencing versus permanent fencing. So, and I wanted to um, get some wisdom from you as to why someone would sort of go with temporary fencing versus permanent fencing. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've we've had a go at both. So, a bit of practical experience with with the. Uh, permanent fencing and the and the temporary uh, electro netting, which is all we use now. Well, I suppose the first thing I was thinking about when your pullets first arrive is putting that electro netting around them fairly close to the shed, and straight away. I, I mean, my my background is with cattle, and you know I do a lot of electric fencing and strip grazing. But there's this education process with these chickens coming out, touching the head on on the electro netting for a couple of days, and all of a sudden. Every fence they seem to face, they think it's going to bite them. Yep. So uh, that's something that that then you slowly we slowly move the netting out to give them that bigger area, and then we don't have any problem with ever going over the fence. That's that's sort of the the first thing that strikes you. But then uh, ultimately we've got it for uh, protect protection, you know, against foxes and cats and dogs. Not that we have many wild dogs here, but you might get domesticated dogs coming off the road and want to chase the chickens or whatever well, yeah they don't like the electro netting either you know they yeah, the bite them on the nose as well yeah that's right yeah yeah so it, it, it's a yeah it works well in that regard yeah so obviously the purpose of temporary fencing is exactly that it's temporary it's portable we can obviously make a square or rectangle sit the chooks in it and then move it on so it gives us the flexibility to do like cell grazing like you were talking about earlier, like with the cattle. You put yeah. put them in there for a certain period of time and then you move them on so you get that recovery recovery yep. time. Yeah. That's uh, and that's that's really important that we've sort of found in the I suppose oh, five coming out six years we've been using it is uh you know, they will, chickens will cause a bit of damage to a bit of bare ground and you can control that. You can just move them over it that bit quicker. So we, we really like it for that in that regard. Also, you can look at if you're passing across a paddock, you know, cattle have grazed, you're passing across, you, you'll actually see where your chicken caravans have sat and you can realign with your fences so that you're not over-fertilising some areas. There might be some areas in the paddock you want to give a bit of special attention to, a grass you might want to knock it around. Well, you can you can leave the net set up that little bit longer and let the chickens really go to work on it, you know. Yeah, it gives you a lot of flexibility yeah. like that. So with so if someone's getting started and they go, okay, I could buy some temporary fencing, some electric fencing and move, move the squares around, yep. or I could set up permanent fencing, what are the sort of pros and cons from your point of view? Oh, yeah. Um, well, have, having done both, I did it, started out by setting up a, a lot of permanent fences and it just so happened I was a fencing contractor. 
now that that does give you a fair head start to it. But for someone if they haven't handled wire netting, you know your your, your wire netting, yeah. uh, it can be a fair a fair chore, especially on undulating ground. Clipping it to existing fences, it's really hard to get it sitting right. You know, it'll it'll well and dip over over hollows and and rises in your paddock. So there's a fair and I, I guess I had some idea of what I was doing, but um, it's, so there's quite a quite a labour component to putting the wire netting up, but also once it's up, that's where it is. It's you, you don't have the flexibility to move it again, and you you're not likely to. Yeah, that's right. So and you, one of the things I find with permanent fencing, and you can probably share some wisdom on this as well, is that there's obviously, as you said, a labour cost and also a dollar cost in putting yeah. that fence up. But one thing I hate about permanent fences, especially if it's a chicken mesh fence opposed to three barbed wires, is maintaining it. You're going to get grass and weeds and trees and yep. you, you can't just go in with the slasher or the brush hook and just go underneath it and wipe it out because yep. you need that to go right to the ground and in some cases into the ground a bit. That's right. That's right. And, and, and whilst you've got those grasses and bushes coming up against the fence, it, it lessens the life of the wire. So then you've got, you know, it compromises your, the safety of your chickens. And, yeah, so th- there, is, there is that maintenance thing. The other thing is someone coming in there, they don't have to hook on that with a, if you're trying to slash beside it and all of a sudden you've just done a couple of hundred dollars worth of damage to a piece of wire netting. That's yeah. the cost of replacing it and, uh, in that piece and the labour to put it up there. So... And, and I, we, we had a lot of trouble also with chickens not respecting it, like just jumping up on it so we, we'd make it higher and then they'd find another way to go up an end assembly and get on top of the strainer post, then jump yeah. over. So, yeah. oh, look, in terms of labour, shifting your sheds and moving your chickens, yeah, beautiful. Like cattle, open a gate, let them in. When they're finished in there, you open the gate and let them out. It's, it just doesn't seem to be that simple, though, with the chickens and that's, oh, I think, the electro netting has sort of won us over it. Um, yeah. It, it does educate them from the first day they're here. Yeah. And and the other thing with permanent fencing, like if you – sometimes when you first start, you don't realise how much land, say, 400 chooks needs. It's easy yes. to go, oh, you will just fence in this area and just sort of rotate them around in there. But yep. you, one – most people, if they pick an area, they'll pick it too small. And then yes. it's sort of overgrazed and it never gets that recovery time. So even though your shed might be over in this corner of a 10-acre paddock, your chooks yep. will still wander around. So where the chooks were the day before, your grass isn't getting that, that rest, rest time where it can just grow and it doesn't need to worry about something eating it or chewing it down. It can just grow. That's right. And, yeah, you know, every time it's growing, it's expending energy. And so if something's dipping it off sooner than it should, it's, it's, you've got that, that root die back underground. It's it's expend energy, so it won't recover as quickly the second time. The the other thing I've seen with some pretty well set up free range egg farms is uh, permanent fences with little laneways in between, with all sorts of shrubs and bushes that the chickens can enter yep. um, through gates. Works really well. The only thing you know that the the, um, the idea is for each, when a paddock becomes empty to give it that long rest recovery, have it that spell. But then you start looking at the investment in that paddock. Well, I've put all that netting on. Maybe I should get some chickens here to, in here a little bit sooner just to get some, some eggs out of them to get some money back for that netting that's on the fence. So yeah, the, the intention might be there to, to rest that paddock, but then you'd be looking at thinking, oh, no, I really need to make this pay. Yeah, and and you'd know firsthand, like if, you, if you've been a fencing contractor, to put yep. in wire netting at 
probably six foot high or two metres high or something. Yep. It's expensive. Like, <laughs> just to buy that roll, like you go into a rural supply and go, yeah, I want to price some chicken wire yeah. that's two metres high. Like, even if the thing's only 30 metres long, it's expensive, let alone yes. the post and labour and all the clips and the other yep. stuff that myself and others that aren't fencing contractors would know about all the other stuff that goes yeah. into to putting it up. And as you said, once it's there, you want to hope that that's the right spot because it's not moving. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose the other thing I've just thought about, Daniel, is that you might you might not own the land. You know, no. So if, if you're leasing the land or you, you've got some sort of a share arrangement with a farmer that's um, running cattle and you bring your chickens to the operation, it's a bit of a tough one sorting out, well, who pays for the netting and do I get it back at the end of it if it's wire netting, you know? yeah. Yep. So that, that's the electro netting works really well in that sense. We lease a bit of land here, so it's it's great. We can when the lease is when the lease is up, we can just roll our nets up and move move on to the next bit of land. You know. Yeah, no, there's definitely something to be said for um, portable infrastructure, and, and like you said, uh, we've got some some other customers that lease land as well. It just makes it so easy because yep. you can sort of be there one day, and as you said, you literally roll up the nets. Like I could say to you this afternoon, "Can you pack all that up and be gone by tomorrow?" And you yep. go, "Yep, no worries." Like yep. it, it's so easy, and yeah. I, I think with that with that flexibility, suddenly farming the opportunity opens up so much broader because you don't have to look out your back window and go, well, that's all I can farm on. You can look, well, who else has got land? Who else could do with some chook manure? That's and it. there's that's a lot it. of farmers locally to most people that wouldn't mind having a few chooks running. Oh, that's right. And I wouldn't even charge for the fertiliser. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's right. And it's a great um, – it's a pretty good relationship too if someone's you know, got their – their farm going and they're spending a lot of money on fertiliser and you can say, well, listen, how about we take that paddock out, I'll run my chickens across it, let's see how it compares with the rest of the farm and you, you can come and do it all portable and, and quite simply. I, I think one of the things with the electronetting too is you can make it easy and I've seen some people make it look really difficult setting the nets up and um, packing them up and putting them up. Yep. So you spend a little bit of time uh, working it out or get someone to show you who might have done a bit of and yeah it, it's it is simple to handle yeah so w- walk me through it so if you've you run four four nets 50 meters by 50 meters and a, a caravan yep. inside is that right that's right yep okay yep. so walk me through it of what happens when you want to move those chickens to a new patch of grass like what do you need to do you've got four You've got a chicken caravan and yep. you've got a square surrounding it by, by four nets, which are 50 metres long each. What needs yes. to happen? All right. Well, if I've got um, – if I'm just moving in a – it doesn't matter. You can move north, south, east, west from that or whatever direction, you know, you, you like from that enclosure as long as you've got room. Yep. Um, and I'll, I'll always just roughly pace it out. If I'm getting to, getting close to a, a boundary fence, I'll just pace it out, you know, to make sure I've, I've got room to set my new nets up. And then all I'll do, I will um, – I'll set up a net running away from the enclosure and, yep. st- and, and I'll be looking down the other fence, the other electro netting fence. So I'm, I'm somewhere roughly in line. Yep. I'll, I'll, put it, I'll put those pegs in the ground, stomp on the pegs, put them in the ground so it's all standing up nice and taut. I'll then go to the other side and I'll lay that net out. So it's running parallel, 50 metres across the paddock, running parallel to the net I've just put up. Yep. And I'm then looking down the fence the the electro netting fence where the chickens are, yeah. So I know they're roughly going to be fifty meters apart at the end of the 
their netting. That's yes, yep. It. Then I so I leave that laying along the ground. I don't stand that up just yet. I then lay my other net out from those ends, the ends of the one that's standing up and the one that end laying down. And it might take a little bit of adjustment. You might just have to move it out. Yeah, you know, could, could be five meters or six meters. It won't be much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then I stand those two up. So then I've got three nets standing up and adjoining the electro netting where the chickens are. Yeah, so if we're looking at that from uh, from the top view, we're looking yep. at a rectangle, which is yep. 100 metres long by 50 metres wide, and through yes. the centre at exactly 50 metres, it's got a fence which is, is separating it through Correct. The, the current square they're in and a brand new square that they're about to go in. Is that right? That's right. That's exactly it. You've got the picture. Yep, yep. And... What I've found, and it's a bit like cattle, once your chickens and your alpacas or your dogs have seen all this happen before, they almost line up at that centre fence waiting to go through. And so then I go to that centre fence when, as you say, you're looking down, there's a a fence through the middle, 50 metres long. I'll peel that back about halfway and then hop on the tractor and... By that time, the, the chickens have raced you through. They've, yeah. They're going through on a new pasture and looking for crickets and bugs and flipping over cow manure. And so then you just idle that tractor through. The balance of the chickens will follow you. It might only be one or two that will be hanging back a little bit confused about where the house has gone, but yep. it doesn't take them long to realise, i better get over there with my mates. Once they're all through, then I just stand that middle fence back up, stretch it out, stand it back up. And the chickens really don't pay a lot of attention to you because they're real busy at having a look what's in this new pasture. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've got a I've got a video up on YouTube. It's been up there for four years or, or more now. It's got well over half a million views and it's just d- opening up that centre fence. I've just yeah. sat, sat a, a camera there just yep. to explain to people that, that um, the big race, you open up that first thing and as you said, they are literally standing there going, open the fence faster, we are come ready on, to on, go on. in. Yeah. And as soon as you do, it's just like, uh, it's like a mosh pit going, let us <laughs> let us have it. And they're like, I want to get the bugs and beetles and worms before anyone else. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So, yeah, um, it, it is amazing to see. If we're, if, so that, that's, and then you can go any direction. So looking, as you say, looking down on that 100 metres, we've got 100 metres long, the rectangle, and 50 metres wide. You pack up those three nets that, where they've come from. And then if I want to change direction, I just, just tack onto the other side of that square and, and go in another direction if I want to. Yeah. So what, what sort of time frame? So if someone's never done this before, what sort of time frame from when you, you pull up, you've got three nets, say, in the ute or something, to set them up, move the caravan through, pack the others down? What, what, what sort of time frame are you looking at to do that? Oh, look, I'd allow myself three quarters of an hour to an hour just to, okay. you know, and I'll yeah. have everything sort of, everything yeah. through. So we're not talking about a day's job. We're talking about something under an hour. You've yeah. mo- mo- moved the caravan, you've moved the nets, and, yep. and you're gone. You're finished. Yep. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yep. I'm yeah. on to the next job. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think some of the the idea that people have, oh, permanent fence, like sorry, portable fencing, yeah. that you have to move. Oh, it's going to take so long, like to to do it all. And yeah. And obviously, you've found and I've found. Once you know what you're doing, it's it's pretty fast. Like oh, yeah, it, it, it's it the, it's the first 
few weeks when you're like, okay, how do I do this again? And just getting your, your procedure down, Pat. But as you said, after you do that, it's 45 minutes and you're gone. You've left. Yep. It's, it's all over. That's right. And, and, and you've ne- never seen happier chickens. You know, they're, they're, they're having a great time out there. Um, so yeah. that's, I, we've, I, don't, I don't get sick of seeing that. Them yeah, going that's through right. into that new pasture, and we're, we're sort of trying graze just in front of the intro, in front of the um, chicken enclosures, so that the grass is relatively short. We're not get we. I mean, we still leave a little bit of grass there, so the chickens have got grass to eat as well. But our nets then aren't competing with long grass, you know. So yes, we're not getting resistance from um, shorting out that sort of thing. So your cattle come in, they eat it down, you can move your, your chickens on later. Now, yep. obviously, every farm is going to be different with the seasons, but with yep. your, your farm in your location, so you're in Gippsland, Victoria, yep. how long would you leave the chooks in that 50 by 50 metre square? Yeah, it'll vary from seasons. We, we'll tend to really keep an eye on it, but generally around we'll be looking at that six days, we'll be looking at well, in four days, we'll be looking at, are they creating any damage? Okay. You know, if they're not, and, and we've moved that shed a number of times inside that enclosure, we, if they're not creating any damage, we'll, we'll run it to about six days. If they're starting to knock it around after four days, we'll then start to plan the next move. Yes, So it okay. might be that, you know, if we've got to bring cattle in from a paddock or so away, we'll go in and we'll graze it, get them set up, ready to go. I mean, before we had enough cattle to graze in front, we were doing it, we would just slash lines where the, the electro netting would go, and that's fine, but it is nice It is nice getting the, the cattle to do the job for you. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so just to recap then, so the benefits for your electric fences, first, the, the day they come, like your chickens come, it trains them well. So when yep. they're trained, they put their, put their nose or head on the fence, bang, they sort of get a little bit of a bite. Yep. They'll, they'll respect it. It's good for the ground, so you can move them regularly. And as you said, when they when you start seeing the grounds had enough impact, you've got the option just to move it. Yep. Versus your permanent fencing, the labour, the time to put it up is it takes a long time. It costs money. When it's there, it's there. You can't move it. And there's no rest or recovery period, like if you're going to run it's, one paddock. Yeah, that's right. And then if yeah. you're going to do multiple paddocks, then you've got more money putting like sort of centre fences in. So yeah. overall, it sounds like temporary fencing for your operation, and I've from what I've seen as well, for most operations, it works really well. It gives you a lot of options and flexibility. So, And one thing we haven't really touched on, but it's electrified to keep the chooks in, but also to, to keep predators out and you said like yeah. if, you, if you have a stray dog that walks in from the road and, and foxes how have you found it how effective have you found it because ultimately people want to know do they work like do you get foxes yeah. do the foxes still get in oh yeah no they they won't set up right if it's set up right and you've got your electric fencing that's probably the other thing to make sure that electric fence unit suits suits that netting and yeah. the length of the grass that that they're on but yeah, look, we found it very effective. We we will find fox manure any day of the week. I can walk out in the paddock there, and I can see fox manure just outside the electro netting. Okay. So they're about. I, I I don't go out with a spotlight very often at all now. I sort of figure if you get rid of a fox, another one only moves in anyway. So okay. <laughs> I I don't worry about it too much. We we do have alpacas and dogs, but 
at times there will be a, an enclosure that doesn't have alpacas or dogs in it and we don't have any problems inside the, the netting. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is you just got to watch the ground that it, it, you use a peg to peg it down. If it's sitting up over a little bit of a hollow or something like that, yep. foxes can get fairly creative when they want to, when they know it's a, a delicious meal on the other side of a fence. But if it's put up right and your, electro, uh, your electric fence unit's right, yep, no problem at all. Yeah, fa- fantastic. And, and I've found found similar results. Set up right with a good size energizer, and that's one thing I, I definitely recommend is yeah. get a good size energizer. There's no no point getting an amazing fence that can keep the the foxes out, and then you just get like a really tiny, compact energizer that's not going to yeah. run it. And and I yeah. use the example. It's sort of like buying a Ferrari and say, oh, I don't want the Ferrari motor. I'll just put a Hyundai motor in it. And go well. <laughs> You're not going to get the performance. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. it. It might look pretty, but it's not going to deliver. <laughs> well, and, and the other thing too, just while we're in that, I suppose electric something that's under, uh, pe- pe- sorry, overlook. Probably people overlook a bit is your earthing system. So you can have a great yeah. big electric fence unit, but unless you've got a good earth system, and that is a, a decent galvanised or stainless spike driven well into the ground, your fence may not be able to deliver that power. Yes. And we find in a dry time, even just to have a 20-litre drum with a little bit of a, you know, a couple of mil hole drilled in the bottom of it, filled with water sitting next to your earth stake, will will lift your fence by, you know, uh, 2,000 volts. Yeah, wow. Okay. So, in a dry time. So, so you, you go through sort of dry times sort of where you are. Yep. So, when you say um, – like hammered into the ground in a dry time. How how far would you hammer a gal- galvanised or stainless steel stake into the ground? Uh, I'd, I'd want to hammer it in, and I do hammer them in three hundred mil. Three hundred mil, okay. Yep. And yeah. if and if that's not cutting it for whatever reason, if you've got a bit of long grass touching the netting or something like that, then move move a metre away from that earth stake and bang another one in, and then link them together. And it's amazing how much it'll lift the the power in your fence. Okay, so in in dry climates, two earth stakes link them together, yep. and also a, t- a twenty liter drum, so full of water. And you'll just have that like just like dripping, just, just to create dripping. a bit of moisture. Yes, the, the whole. I'm not an electric fence expert. You might be able to explain this. So the the whole whole way an electric fence works is you've got the animal standing on the ground, which yes. they should be earthed. Yep. And then their, their nose or foot or tail touches the fence and then they complete the system and that's where they get the, get the bang through their body. Is that right? That's right. Exactly right, yes. And, and a great way to check just really quickly if someone's at the unit is, not, not by grabbing it, of course, but if you test with an electric fence tester on your earth stake and you're getting more volts there than on your fence, you've got an earth problem. You need to get moisture on it or another earth stake and or bang it in deeper and that that's in a that's in dry soil conditions we've just had a bit of rain here in the last couple of weeks and we're starting to see some green grass so there is moisture below the surface and yeah, we don't have to be as fussy with the drums of yeah, water or, okay so it's just bang that stake in a good you know 300 mil into the ground and yeah but yep a quick test is just put your electric fence tester on the earth stake yep. and and if those volts are reading up near your electric fence netting or above, then you you haven't got a good enough earth. Yeah. Okay. So for someone that's never dealt with electric fences, 
why do you put a bit of water near the earth stake? It just seems like if you've never done it before, it just seems weird. You're like, you've got a steel peg in the ground and you're watering it. Like, it's not like it's going to grow like a tree. Like, can you explain why you do that? Or some... An electrician about to tell tell you exactly how it happens, but uh, in my knowledge, it's just about connecting that earth wire, having a lot bigger and greater connection to the earth. So uh, wet soil will conduct electricity a lot better than dry soil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I know when someone first explained it to me, I'm just like, you want me to wet a steel rod that's in the ground. It's just like it it didn't really make sense. And then when, as you said, water is um, a conductor. Like that's that's what they say. Um, Keep like your hair drying, your toaster and everything away from the bath because that will electrocute you. So on the, on the pot, on the good side of that, when you're out the paddock and you need a bit more uh, kick in your electric fence, get the watering can or a drum and water that, that earth stake and it'll just help through, through the ground in the system to start complete that circuit so that's right and it might not but you may not have to put a drum there but if you're there as we do sometimes we'll be we always have water on our vehicle going to the sheds in case we need to top up if this you know the sheds are getting low or for some reason they're out of water which happens very rarely you can just just squirt a few liters on the ground at the earth stake and and that will that will maintain for you know for, for a couple of days yeah right yeah Excellent. Well, I think we've covered quite well the benefits of temporary electric chicken fencing versus permanent fencing. So thank you for your time today, Shane. Oh, you're welcome, Daniel. I'm sure listeners will get plenty of insight out of uh, what you've covered today. Thank you. Good as gold. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Green Grass Egg Farming Podcast. For transcripts and other free resources, please go to greengrasseggfarming.com.